0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor dot com, with you for another episode of Let's Ride. It is Friday. We made it, folks. Happy Friday. Hope you all are having a great week, had a great week, Have a great weekend planned, and I hope that you're doing something over this holiday weekend to... I don't know what you do for the holiday. Maybe you have to work, in which case that sucks. Maybe you have family over. Maybe you go watch fireworks. Maybe you just grill out. It doesn't matter. Whatever you do, I hope you have some great plans. I know that we do. We're going to see fireworks a couple times this weekend, and so I'm excited for that. Going to do a lot of grilling. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. And I'm also excited about this show, not just because Jeremy Betts is going to join me in the second half of the All Betts is Off segment, but also because what I'm going to talk about is something that I'm actually – it's new for the Steelers fan base. I'm actually excited for this as much as I am just to see what the Steelers look like in 2022. Before we get to that topic, I want to remind you of a couple things. First and foremost, make sure you're checking out Behind the Steel Curtain wherever you get your podcast. All you have to do is search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain and you'll find us. Subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. Not just my show, all of our shows. And BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you check it out early and often. We always start shows off with the news, and I kind of go into, like, random thoughts with the news. So that's kind of where I've gone in the offseason. So here we go. Let's start things off. Hey, if you didn't see the article I wrote on Thursday, Kenny Pickett, KP8, the Kenny Pickett jersey, number eight for the Pittsburgh Steelers, is fourth, the fourth highest Sold jersey in the NFL right now. I mean, when you think about it, he's above Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Cooper Cup, Tom Brady, all those players. I think the three that were above him, above Kenny Pickett, number one, Russell Wilson. I get it, new 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 team, so people are getting his jersey, especially if they're fans of him. Second was Josh Allen. Uh, man, the Buffalo Bills hype train is real. And that fan base is all on the Josh Allen bandwagon, as they should be. Third was Devontae Adams, just like Russell Wilson. It's a good, you know, it's the same story, new team. And so the, that that fan base, the Raider fan base, is going to be all over that jersey. And then Kenny Pickett is fourth. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I also uh, urge everyone out there, if you haven't, go back and check out Pat McAfee's podcast. He had Kenny Pickett on the podcast. I want to say it was Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I think it was Tuesday. But you can hear it anywhere where you get your podcast, Kenny Pickett, I'll tell you what. He is a frat guy, and I think it's hysterical, and I love it. Uh, but he's also a stand-up guy. And Pat McAfee threw some questions out there that, you know, it's, it's dangling, though, the worm. You know, you're trying to see what, if he's going to bite. Is he going to say anything that he's going to regret? And he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he's very, I guess you could call it political. Uh, he did not hedge one way or the other. He kept it down the middle. And it was a good interview. It was a good interview, so if you haven't listened to that, check it out. Some random news that came across the wire this week. Uh, I wrote this article as well for the website on, I want to say it was Wednesday, and that is that Le'Veon Bell, former Steelers running back, second-round pick out of Michigan State, guess what he's about to do? No, it's not end his rapping career. I wish that was the case, but it's not. He's about ready to start a career in boxing, or at least that's what he says Bell got into boxing as a form of training for football in the offseason. He fell in love with it. He's always been very critical of the celebrity boxing matches, and you know, the, the Paul brothers and stuff like that. He is supposed supposedly, this is according to TMZ Sports, so take that with a grain of salt, he's supposedly going to be boxing Adrian Peterson. I got to be honest. I kind of want to watch that. And I have to be honest, I kind of hope, that Adrian Peterson lands a couple shots, if I'm being honest. Um, So just, hey, that's just something that's out there that involves the Steelers. So, you know, it is what it is. Next thing, Shannon White. You can hear Shannon White on the Steelers Hangover with Brian Davis and Tony Defio on Mondays. You can also hear him on the Curtain Call with Jeffrey Benedict, they had a great guest, Nick Faribault from Steelers Now uh, on Wednesday night. So make sure you go back and check that out. Very good interview. Listen to that this morning while on the driving range. But still, I want to talk about um, something that Shannon wrote. He wrote an article that it, it had a lot of conversation. It's it's a real it was a really good article about who was the best athlete to ever play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he chose, he said his one and two is tough battle between Mel Blunt and Rod Woodson. And I get it. I could have told you that when he put that idea out on our Slack channel, I could have said, well, that's who it's going to be between for him. I disagree with Mel Blunt being number one. And I would say that Rod Woodson, number two, they're wrong in my opinion. I'm going to go with Troy Palomalu. And the reason is that Troy Palomalu was such a private guy, and he never, you know, he used his social media to talk about what movie he saw. And he he never really or to put out a head and shoulders tweet or something like that. He he never used it to show his off season workouts. He never used it to show look at me golfing or look at me doing this or that. Troy Palomalu was an athletic freak. He was recruited to play baseball. He chose USC initially because he was told he could play baseball as well as play football. And then when he got there, they had a coaching change, and he was not able to play. In between Hackett and Carroll being the, his coach at USC, he actually did try out for the baseball team, and he just hadn't played recently, and he was rusty and didn't end up playing. But still, he also, and I think it was like freshman or sophomore year of high school, at less than he's maybe five ten. This kid could dunk. I mean, he, he was doing windmill <laughs> windmill dunks at, at his high school and, and showing off a little bit. Troy Polamalu was an, a ridiculous athlete and something that isn't talked about enough. He was Mel Blunt without the height. Mel Blunt was a giant physical specimen. And Troy Polamalu, in my opinion, did just as much, if not Polamalu, for not being six two or whatever Mel Blunt was. And Rod Woodson was a great athlete, just a track star. But again, he has the size. He has everything. Troy Polamalu was typically was kind of considered undersized at his position, strong safety. But he was unbelievably athletic. None of those other guys, Rod Woodson, Mel Blunt, I don't care. They did not have the closing speed that Troy Polamalu had. So, hey, it's a generational thing. And that's what Shannon said when I brought it up on Twitter. He goes, you know, generational thing, tendencies, definitely ways. It does play a role. But still, I'm going to take Troy Polamalu. There was a mock draft, and this is going to lead into our first, uh, our topic for the day in the first half of the show. You know, there was a mock draft, and I covered it. Andrew Wilbar sent me a message like, hey, this just came out on ESPN Insider. He knows I have an account, and he was like, well, you might want to do this. I know it's a 2023 mock, but a lot of people are talking. So I did it. I covered the mock draft for the website, and the one thing I couldn't get out of my head, and this was not specifically to this author, I think it was Matt Miller of ESPN, when they used this football rating system to figure out what the draft order would be, they had the Steelers drafting 6th overall. That's right, 6th overall. And yeah, it was not really because this guy thinks they're going to stink. They're doing this. There's a whole formula. I have it out there in the article. You can check it out. That ran on Thursday. But still, I was like, man, the 6th overall draft pick? Like these people think the Steelers are going to draft six overall. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. That's what they said. So I started to think, and this is where this all stemmed from. And the the headline and title of this podcast is there's no Steelers hype train this year. And that's fine. It's the exact headline. There is no hype train. You know, this is where we're used to. Steelers fans, we are used to the same old song and dance. Preseason. Everyone's like, hey, don't sleep on the Steelers. If Ben Roethlisberger's back there, they'll be good. They're going to be in the mix. Mike Tomlin, no no non-losing seasons. He's going to have the Steelers right there. And you do hear a little bit of that. But my gosh, they are not even being discussed that much this offseason. They are not. They haven't won the offseason awards in a long time. You, know, you think about Cleveland. They are a team that every year in the offseason, watch out for the Browns. Watch out for the Browns. Well, if that is a hype train in the media, whether it's the NFL, whether it's ESPN, CBS Sports, Fox News, does not matter which outlet you are speaking of, they are trying to drum up attention and drum up support for one or two particular teams. The Browns are one of those teams why they typically spend a lot of money in free agency and they get some big name players. It doesn't always pan out. We know this. But still, there is no hype train for the Steelers this year. The sixth overall pick in a mock draft will tell you that there's no hype train for the Steelers this year, but I'm here to tell you that that is 100% okay. The Steelers being, you know, a dark horse in this is I, I love it. And I'm going to get to that, but add to ESPN's mock draft. They also did these roster rankings and they had the Steelers ranked in terms of their overall roster. They used pro football focus grades and that included college for rookies the 22nd best roster in the NFL. In case you didn't know or you are dense, there's 32 teams. So that means that they think the Steelers are not only in the bottom half of the league, but there are only 10 or nine other teams that have a, a worse roster than the Steelers. And they were the lowest in the AFC North. I believe it went Cleveland, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Baltimore, all within the top 15, and then Pittsburgh at 22. And so expectations, when you think about it, they've never been lower. Expectations have never been lower for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm fine with this. There's a lot of fans, especially on social media, especially on Twitter and Facebook. They just, they can't stand it. They can't take it. When Colin Cowherd goes on and says something that's in any way, shape, or form demeaning about the Steelers or Mike Tomlin or Ben Roethlisberger or the quarterback situation or the Kevin Colbert retiring, it doesn't matter what narrative they're spouting. If they say it, the fans get so angry. They get so upset. I don't. I might talk about it. I might do a podcast and say how stupid this person sounds. But ultimately, I'm okay with the expectations being low. And it's not just the pundits, by the way. Some of the fan base also has extremely low expectations. You know, we just did a, a a fan pulse. Basically, it's kind of an SB Nation reacts is what it's technically called, where they go, they, we're asking fans on the website, behindthesteelcurtain.com, hey, what do you think about these questions? And I had asked the question of what is the floor and what is the ceiling in terms of this upcoming season? The fans did the survey. This is not CBS Sports. And so the fans said the low end is six wins, the high end is 12 That is quite the difference when you think about it. If things go wrong and go off the rails, six wins out of 17 games. If things go right and everything falls into place, 12. So think about that. But again, I don't think this is a bad thing. I really don't. You know, when I was an athlete and I played sports, it doesn't matter what sport, it could have been on the golf course, it could have been on the baseball field, it could have been on the basketball court, track, it could have been football field. It could have been the lacrosse field. Uh, I've done a lot of sports in my life. And every time my team that I was on was considered a heavy underdog, I freaking loved it. I loved it. As a coach, I loved it even more than when I was a player. I would tell my team over and over again, I felt like Bill Cower. no one has given us a chance No one thinks we can do this. Listen to what they're saying, and it would just fuel the fire. It would almost be like the dog that wants to attack something, and the owner is holding it back. But the owner isn't just holding it back. It's going, yeah, 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 you ready, you ready? And then they let it go, and bam, that dog goes into attack mode. That's what I feel like this is for the Steelers, or at least it should be. Mike Tomlin is a master motivator. You may not like him from an X's and O's standpoint. You may hate his time management. You may think that he's overrated. It doesn't matter. You cannot say. You cannot say with a clear mind that Mike Tomlin cannot motivate a team. He can. He knows what buttons to push. He knows exactly when to push those buttons. He is a master manipulator when it comes to the team and getting them motivated. If I am Mike Tomlin, I'm taking these little articles— I'm taking the mock draft, the sixth overall pick, and I'm just going to throw it out there, maybe in a team meeting, or ESPN thinks that we have the 22nd best roster, because it doesn't have to be a rah-rah thing. It's just kind of like the, well, you know what? This is what they're saying. Well, what are we going to do about it? I'll tell you what a lot of fans hope they do about it, myself included. They use it as that fuel that I mentioned earlier. It gets them going through those workouts in the offseason. It gets them fired up. It's what kind of drives them. That's what you hope. But for the fans out there that are always like, yeah, I just don't know if they're going to be any good, I want you to know something. And that is that the loyal fans, the loyal fans will ride with the Steelers no matter what. So let's say things do go off the rails, and it ends up being the low end of that range, that six wins. I know that my ride or die crew, if you're listening to this podcast on July 1st, you are a loyal ride or die crew member of not just my show, but the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're going to follow this team no matter what. They could lose their first six games and you're not abandoning ship. You're going down with the ship. And that's why I want to just remind everyone that throughout this month and throughout the whole season, every month of the year, we will be here. And when I say we, I'm talking about behind the steel curtain. Podcasts, articles, you name it, we aren't going anywhere. We aren't going anywhere. There is no offseason. And again, if you're listening to this on July 1, you know we're not going anywhere because here we are. The ride or die crew, I know you aren't going anywhere. So all those fans out there that might have low expectations, as long as you're okay if those low expectations come to fruition, hey, that's fine. Everyone has their own viewpoints and thoughts on the team. We all hope for the best but there is no hype train this year. There isn't, there's nothing to jump on. There's no bandwagon. If anything, the bandwagon won't get started up until, or if the Steelers go out and win for their first six games and they're turning some heads and people are saying, wow, look at this Steelers team. Well then if you had said, I'm done with this team, I'm not going to follow them anymore. And then you want to jump back on the hype train. Well, that's that, that ship has sailed. But there's no hype train right now in the off season. Only the Loyal are ready for this year, and I know that if you're listening to this show, you're one of those people. All right, well, coming up, we've got uh, the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Betts, so make sure you stay tuned for that and for the end for a very special Heart to Heart. We'll be right back after this break. Steelers fans, Ride or Die crew. It is Friday, the second half of the show. It is time for the All Bets are Off segment with my, my buddy, Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jerome? How's it going?
1: Man, I'm doing great. Having a good day.
0: Good. That's fantastic. And I, I want to ask you, do you have, have you gotten that Kenny Pickett jersey yet? Oh,
1: uh, you know what? Hey, I, I saw that he was uh, doing really good in jersey sales, but I haven't picked one up yet. I typically wait until uh, the, the team gives a player a second contract. Um, and I say that not having that many jerseys, honestly, I I spend more money on hats probably, but uh, if the team gives the the player a second contract, that's when I'm more likely to get the Jersey of that player. So who are you getting now? Minka
0: TJ watt? uh, Who else? What's the next on your list? If you're getting a Jersey.
1: Oh, it's TJ watt. I'm hoping to get one of those this season. Absolutely. Absolutely jerseys have
0: kind of there was a guy i don't even know who it was and i'm not sure if it was on the live chat of one of our live youtube shows or if it was a commenter on the website and he said uh, i had asked like oh, what, what jersey are you gonna get and he said i don't wear another man's jersey and i was like wow <laughs> yeah so, i've heard it, that before too yeah it made me think i'm like man like when you think about it maybe i should just just stop with the roethlisberger jerseys and so i haven't <laughs> even last year i didn't wear a jersey too much i wore Steelers shirts um just because it's more comfortable and some of the jerseys now they fit really weird uh i got a color rush jersey and it i don't know it's just it's not comfortable to wear uh, but i don't have any jerseys other than
1: roethlisberger i'm not sure yeah. maybe i just won't get one but you're a hat guy yeah i'm a hat guy i typically get the uh the draft hat and the sideline hat every year although the sideline hat kind of disappointed me this year i wasn't a big fan of the uh the camo look I think I had that hat as a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you get a draft hat this year? I thought they were hideous. Yeah. It, uh, I haven't picked mine or picked one up yet, but I'm, I'm going to, I, I liked it. All right. Um, Not as, as well as uh, the last couple of years though.
0: Ben Roethlisberger. I got his, when he was drafted no four, I had that hat and it was awesome. Sure. And then uh, I just, I don't know. I, I'm so, I'm very peculiar with my hats. They have to fit the right way. I have a really big head actually. And oh, so yeah. the structured fronts <laughs> never look right. I mean, it makes my head look even larger. I just, I like the relaxed fit. They're not really popular anymore. The stupid snapbacks. I don't want to get into that discussion, but still I've been <laughs> disappointed with some of the hats. Just give me a basic hat with the logo on it. I don't need anything fancy, sure. but I don't wear a lot of hats either. Anymore. Anyway, let, that, that's neither here nor there. No one wants to hear us talk about g- gear and garb and all that stuff. Let's talk about the Steelers. Absolutely. And you know, I want to ask your uh, thoughts on, something I talked about on Wednesday, and there were players that could shock the Steelers fan base in 2022. So when I say shock, it eliminates a player like Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, like we already talked about, even Najee Harris, the expectations are there that they're going to have a good year. This is someone that would shock the fan base of, wow, like this dude didn't see that coming. Is there anyone, or you can have more than one if you want, anyone that would fall into that category
1: for you? Uh, there's probably a couple different players. Um, I think the one that that really jumps to mind uh, just to start out with is is Alex Highsmith. I think that he could be a difference maker on the on the other side uh, of the defense from TJ Watt. sort of like we saw how Bud Dupree kind of rounded into form as his uh, as the years progressed and he was given time to develop in the system and become, a really a stud player and a guy who got the big bucks from the Tennessee Titans. I think Highsmith could do that and not just be like a solid, Oh, this guy gives a, is a good compliment to TJ watt. No, this guy's putting up double digit sacks himself. He's a, he's a monster in the backfield. I really think he could have his breakout year this year. He could surprise some Steelers fans from the perspective of, Hey, we know this guy's all right. We know that the Steelers, spent draft capital on him and they like him, but uh, you know, taking it to the next level, this is a guy that could get paid by another team uh, when given his opportunity in a couple of years. That's a good one. Do you have any others? On the offensive side of the ball? I th- I think i probably would have. Uh, I don't know if I'd say surprise, but maybe he takes a, a step even beyond what we think. And it's Pat Friermuth. Maybe he's the next Travis Kelsey. Maybe he's the next, Rob Gronkowski, you never know. He moves so well in the open field. He catches everything. And uh, I just, I think that the way the Steelers are going to want to play football in 2022, the Steelers number two or number three overall pass catcher and uh, really sh- show his chops as a receiver. And I think he provides more than um, the average blocker as well. I think he could be really good in that area. Pat, the Hey, he, he's going to play well in that, but he could surprise Steelers fans and be like, whoa, we've got a superstar on our hands. Uh, and and I think Pat Fryer. Yeah, Pat Fryer, you went in a
0: different direction with this. So when I did this exercise on Wednesday, I was trying to pick p- players that no one would expect anything of. And you didn't do it okay. incorrectly. You just took a different avenue, which is fine. Like you chose Fryer Meath. Like I never would have put Fryer Meath on the list based on the fact that that for me, I had some expectations for him. And if he went out and balled out and got 12 touchdowns or whatever the case may be, I'd be like, yeah, I, I, that's a big sophomore sure. jump. You just took a different, I loved what you did because him turning into a superstar, that would surprise me. And, you know, I, I, Alex Highsmith taking that next step, he's right. someone that could have been there for sure. In case you didn't listen to my show on Wednesday, my five were Connor Hayward, not just making the team, but being a very versatile weapon for Matt Canada's offense. Zach Gentry being not just Matt Spath 2.0, but an actual weapon at tight end. Akello Witherspoon picking up where he left off. Devin Bush finally being healthy and getting back into form. And Kendrick Green, um, you know, being a either unbelievable quality depth in the interior or actually winning a job. I think that would shock the heck out of some people. But let me ask you about, about Devin Bush for a second.
1: Sure. Before he was hurt, did you have any complaints about him? He was trending in the right direction. I thought he played loose. He played fast. He was maker on the defense. He really fit. 19, that defense was a was pretty special group. But then in 2020, that trajectory continued upward and then the injury took place and it, it kind of i had no complaints well, just to answer your question straight up about Devin Bush I thought he was success story in a long line of, of Steelers
0: yeah and that's the thing like with Devin Bush one of the things that when I put him on the list I knew there were going to be people that listened to the show and said Oh my gosh, Devin Bush is, and if you hear all this stuff, the labels, he's a bust. He's right. no good. He should, there was a wasted draft pick. They traded away this draft capital to move up. Hmm. Uh, it's into the top 10 to take him. And I get that. But I kept on thinking, was anyone saying this about him before the knee injury? Because I went back and thought, and I didn't go back and like look at comment sections or anything like that. You didn't go Twitter diving to two years? No, now? I no, I did not do that. And so I, but I went <laughs> back and I'm thinking myself. Okay, think about the narratives that were being said and talked about in 2019. It was kind of like what you said. He showed some promise, was trending in the right direction, mm-hmm. and he. Did, no one thought. No one thought, man, this guy's going to suck. Everyone said he's a rookie. He's playing a lot. He's growing pains. Right. Second year comes around. Everyone was on the Devin Bush hype train. Wow. This guy's flying around. Haven't seen an athletic linebacker like this since Ryan Shays Then he gets hurt. And then it's like something changed. I don't know what people expected, but when you have a knee injury like that, I'm talking about a, that's a significant structural injury, right? The Mm -hmm. joint. And I don't know what people expected from him when they, did you expect him to just be like, Oh Yeah totally shattered, ripped my ACL to shreds, but yeah, it's been nine months. I'm good. No, it doesn't happen for everyone like that. That's right. Right. So what are your expectations for Devin Bush? What would you see a
1: successful year look like for him? I think you'd like to see more consistency and, and more trust in his body to, to make those plays. I think he played tentative last year. it was, and not, not saying that from a, from a the perspective of come on, Devin, like just get over it. You know, it's it's a real deal to to not have that feeling of confidence that your your legs gonna hold you up when you make that that cut or or go after that that tackle. So I think more consistency. But the truth, I think, if he if he stops thinking about it again, then all those instincts that we saw, the playmaking ability that we saw, that'll rebound in him and. I don't think it's a question of heart necessarily. I don't think it's a question of of confidence. And so, for him to have a successful season, he's he's confident in his playmaking. They're making tackles, flying around, bring running backs and tight ends, um, being being a strong point in those areas. Over a hundred tackles, taking some of the weight off of. Mika Fitzpatrick coming up and, and trying to stop the run, you know, wh- where the Steelers failed so bad that last year, if Devin Bush makes the and comes back a, as a confident player, I think that that's, a, I think the Steelers to um, get him a, a second contract in, in that situation himself into big money this year. So the Steelers kind of have, uh, a good sense of, Hey, if this guy ends up playing well, then, you know, we can, we can, you know, um, th- your 2021 season, not so great. We love how you rebounded. Here's uh here's some money to come back. Continue to see you grow. We think you got the best chance of doing that here. So maybe it's a, a good bargain for the Steelers down the road, but I think Devin Bush can have a very successful. If the confidence returns.
0: Yeah, I hope so. And and I like how you said he has confidence in his in his physical limitations and mm-hmm. or maybe lack thereof in terms of limitations, that he's not limited, that he can go out and trust his knee and he can make those cuts. It takes time. That's why I, I want to say it might have been someone like Chris Carter, not my buddy Chris Carter, that writes about the Steelers, but the Chris Carter, the Hall of Fame wide receiver, that said that after an yeah. injury like that, it can take two years. a player to be fully quote unquote back. So we'll see, but you know, here we are, Jeremy, we are in July. It's an exciting month. Why the Steelers get back to work in the month of July. It's not till the end of the month, but still the 26th they go back to St. Vincent college. We've talked about if the dorm life matters, I want to ask you, is there one, two, three players, whatever, doesn't matter what position they play. What are some players? And this isn't position battles, but players that you are excited to see to see what they have. I'll give you one to get things started. I'm anxious to see buddy Johnson because Mm. no one knows what to expect from this guy. He played limited snaps last year before a foot injury, knocked him out for the season, or at least it was a long-term injury. And the Steelers said, we're just going to put you on IR and end your year, come back next year stronger. I want to see, is this guy maybe the thumper that the Steelers need, or is he just another mid round pick? That's going to flare out. I don't know, but I want to see it. Who do you got?
1: I've got my eyes and maybe it's just cuz I I finished up the uh defensive backfield the cornerbacks for the roster review and that'll be coming out soon on behindthesteelcurtain.com uh but I've got my eyes on that cornerback on a guy like uh James Pierre who yeah. the Steelers were really hyping up going into or I guess maybe maybe it's more on fans the the coaches seem to have confidence in his ability the next step and to uh, be a valuable member of the cornerback rotation. jump into that role a little bit earlier early in the came into play. Um, I can't remember for sure if he had gotten injured maybe in the in the season or not, but James Pierre has the physical talent and and the work ethic to uh, he's shown us that to be a solid producer. Uh, especially on the practice field, we've seen him him produce there. Um, but can he can he really rise up in a position where the Steelers they have solid pieces at the top, Akela Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, Cam Sutton. I would behind that, it's pretty shaky. What what's going on there? You can talk about Justin Lane in this conversation too, former third round pick. Um, but I I'm looking at James Pierre kind of pegged as as a guy who potentially could rise up into that position and, and be a top notch fill in type player or a package player in dime looks or quarters looks it's on the field and, and holds his own against NFL caliber wide receivers. He's a guy I'm looking to stay on that trajectory and and become that player for the Steelers. Anyone else other than James fear that you might be really looking to see how they look in training camp. It's Anthony McFarland, Jeff, mm-hmm. on the offense. Hit Mac, okay. I'm done with this Benny Snell football uh, ride that we've been on for the last couple of years. It just doesn't work in my in my mind to have him be your primary backup. I don't think he' enough as a runner to to merit that position. So then the focus for me switches to McFarland, who is an explosive player. He He's, he's got good instincts. If you go turn on his college tape, he does have good instincts. He knows how to to read the linebackers, read the blocks from his linemen, and uh, hit the hole. And when he hits the hole, he hits it. I would love to see him and show and really be the, the lightning to Najee Harris's thunder, and not saying that they would need to have really – 50 50 60 40 even split but um just for him to be able to come in and spell harris when harris needs a brief if god forbid harris goes down for a game or two uh and you have to to go to your secondary option in the out of the backfield can anthony mcfarland provide enough explosiveness to keep defenses? honest and not allow them to, to key off on a young inexperienced offensive line and a new quarterback situation in Pittsburgh. My eyes are on Anthony McFarland for sure. That's a great one that I think the
0: three that we just named are all really good players that the fan base should be keeping. An eye. I said, buddy Johnson, you said, Ant Mac, Anthony McFarland, and James Pierre, really good stuff. Last thing for you, before I let you go, I said this at the start of the show in my news part of the my news segment, if you want to call it that, and that is that Le'Veon Bell is being teased as getting into the boxing ring. Now I'm not going to ask, would you pay for it? Because no one wants to pay for that. Right. But right. if it was on regular television or you could stream it on your phone, would you watch Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson duke it out? And would you hope that Le'Veon Bell gets knocked out? What are your thoughts?
1: <laughs> so, well, I I can't say that I'd I'd want him to get knocked out. I'm telling you, man he he provide some or provided some fantastic for me and I know the whole holdout thing and, and the slander against Roethlisberger and, and some offense or some teammates even, but, uh, all that aside, um, yeah, I would watch it. If it was free, I'd, I'd watch it. I'd see how it went down. I wouldn't expect Le'Veon Bell to win. Uh, Adrian Peterson is a different animal. You can talk about him, uh, changing the standard for, structural injuries and how quickly you can bounce back from one of those he's kind of the the reason everybody has this faulty mentality that you should be able to just bounce back uh in six nine months from these uh for what for most people would be a uh, career altering life altering injuries but you know he's a different dude adrian peterson getting out there in the ring with Le'Veon on bell umbell bell was in the nfl i don't think uh he's going to have to wait too long to, to feel some iron fists coming his way. So I would definitely watch for a, a quick KO. I'd like to see a, a good match. For sure. All right, Jeremy, this is your chance to talk to the Rider die Crew. If you just want to tell them how they can find you on social media and whatever you're working on with Behind the Steel Curtain, go ahead. Absolutely. So you can always find me at TheBets93 on Twitter. Um, follow me there, talking Steelers football all the time. And then I do have two more. Steelers roster reviews coming out we're going to talk about cornerback soon and then position we'll talk about then and then coming up after that who knows we'll see what I'll get into what topics we want to discuss Uh, maybe some fantasy football stuff if you've been following the Steelers and Andrew Wilbar then you know we've been talking some fantasy football maybe we'll get some fantasy football stuff out there for you on the
0: I love it. I love it. As always, Jeremy, thanks for taking some time and we will talk to you next Friday. All right. Thanks to Jeremy as always for taking the time on Friday, uh, to come on the show and to just give his thoughts on the state of the Steelers. I do appreciate it. Let's finish this up as we always do every Friday with a little heart to heart, a couple kind of things to talk about here. The first one being that we are now in the month of July. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time in the month of July. Why? On the 26th, the Steelers are going back, and they're going to be back at St. Vincent College for the first time since 2019, and that's exciting. That is exciting. And I think that Dave Schofield put this well in his Stat Geek podcast, which aired on Thursday morning. Make sure you check that out in case you missed it. It's kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it's been tough, and the Steelers, shockingly, have had a lot of news this offseason, and there hasn't been a lot of those weeks where there hasn't been anything to talk about. You know, even you think about the signing of Larry is something, you know, and maybe it's the Mink of Fitzpatrick extension. It's something. So the Steelers haven't had a lot of weeks where there hasn't been anything, but still the month of July is when the Steelers return. The, they, the team is back. And you should be excited for that. I'm excited for that. The only other thing I want to mention in this heart to heart is that yesterday, the 30th of June, my wife and I celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary. That's right. For 15 years, my wife has put up with me. Uh, and I say that in 100% honesty and I joke with her all the time and people say, Oh, 15 years. I said, yeah, it feels like 30. It's a joke. She is a saint. She never listens to my podcast, so she's not going to hear this. Um, I I do say that it's it's very similar to, you know, it's good that she doesn't listen. Uh, I don't she doesn't need to hear all the minutia. She just says, you know, do the Steelers win? Yes or no. Sometimes she watches a little bit of the game. She disconnects herself because it's best that we're both not connected. Trust me. But my wife and I celebrate 15 years of wedding bliss. I couldn't be happier. She is the one that balances me out. mean, you think about my energy level, when you think about how my brain works and I can be very scatterbrained and I do have to do a lot of work, she's the one that is kind of like the calming presence. So to my wife, I love you. 15 plus years still to go with me, hopefully, fingers crossed. All right, folks, I hope you have a three-day weekend coming up. And if you do, know that I will be back on Monday no matter what. Uh, we'll be talking Pittsburgh Steelers. If you don't have work on Monday, Check out the show on Tuesday along with all of our other podcasts, but that's not how we finish it out here. We finish it out here the same way. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you on Monday. Go you. My candles burning bright I sleep four hours every
1: night coffee burning all to the morning